Section 22 The Critique of Pure Reason by Immanuel Kant Transcendental Doctrine of Elements Part 2nd Transcendental Logic Second Division Transcendental Dialectic Book 2 of the Dialectical Procedure of Pure Reason Introduction Recording by Jeff Dugweiler It may be said that the object of a merely transcendental idea is something of which we have no conception, although the idea may be a necessary product of reason according to its original laws. For, in fact, a conception of an object that is adequate to the idea given by reason is impossible. For such an object must be capable of being presented and intuited in a possible experience. But we should express our meaning better and with less risk of being misunderstood if we said that we can have no knowledge of an object which perfectly corresponds to an idea, although we may possess a problematical conception thereof. Now, the transcendental subjective reality at least of the pure conceptions of reason, rests upon the fact that we are led to such ideas by a necessary procedure of reason. There must therefore be syllogisms which contain no empirical premises, and by means of which we conclude from something that we do know, to something of which we do not even possess a conception, to which we nevertheless, by an unavoidable illusion, ascribe objective reality. Such arguments are, as regards their result, rather to be termed sophisms than syllogisms, although indeed as regards their origin, they are very well entitled to the latter name, inasmuch as they are not fictions or accidental products of reason, but are necessitated by its very nature. They are sophisms not of men, but of pure reason herself, from which the wisest cannot free himself. After long labor, he may be able to guard against the error, but he can never be thoroughly rid of the illusion which continually mocks and misleads him. Of these dialectical arguments, there are three kinds, corresponding to the number of the ideas which their conclusions present. In the argument or syllogism of the first class, I conclude from the transcendental conception of the subject contains no manifold the absolute unity of the subject itself of which I cannot in this matter attain to a conception. This dialectical argument I shall call the transcendental paralogism. The second class of sophistical arguments is occupied with the transcendental conception of the absolute totality of the series of conditions for which a given phenomenon and I conclude from the fact that I have always a self-contradictory conception of the unconditioned synthetical unity of the series upon one side the truth of the opposite unity of which I have nevertheless no conception the condition of reason in these dialectical arguments I shall term the antinomy of pure reason. Finally, according to the third kind of sophistical argument, I conclude from the totality of the conditions of thinking objects in general, in so far as they can be given, uh, 
the absolute synthetical unity of all conditions of the possibility of things in general. That is, from things which I do not know in their mere transcendental conception, I conclude a being of all things, which I know still less by means of a transcendental conception, and of whose unconditioned necessity I can form no conception whatever. This dialectical argument I shall call the ideal of pure reason. End of section 22. Introduction to Of the Dialectical Procedure of Pure Reason.